What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This is the undisputed Burger King, Steve Burger. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the Hitbox, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHWorld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. Wankers. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 110 of the ROH Cast. My name is Harry. I am the web designer and co owner of ROHWorld.com. And I'm here with the American Bearded Nightmare, John. How's it going? I'm good. We have just had a, I don't, there's no other way to describe it, but a cyber attack by Stephen's scum faction, stuffing crutches for undersized manliness. We were trying to record the podcast and the recording software after, what, 109 episodes of working flawlessly has decided to break. So there was half an hour of trying to fix it, um, and we eventually, hopefully, this is working. We we don't actually know if the recording is going to turn out all right. This could be a lost podcast, but hopefully, John, the cyber attack is over. I hope so. I mean, the only explanation is that Scum snuck into the ROH World, ROH Cast Studios during the middle of the night at some point during the week and tried to sabotage our weekly podcasting plans. Yeah, the equipment was tampered or something. I don't know if Stephen himself has... I know he was in prison. He might have recru- recruited new members externally who who are not in prison, who are just free roaming to cause chaos like this and try and sabotage the show. So we'll have to try and find out who these new members are of um, Stuffing Crutches for undersized, undersized Manliness actually are. So with the cyber attack out of the way, avoided and, and defeated for now, we'll talk about the latest Ring of Honor on SPG TV show, which... Both me and John have seen. Two weeks in a row, John. Can you believe it? It is much longer than two weeks in a row. This is three or four weeks in a row we've but both seen the seen, seen at least one show. I was going to say, yeah, time. two weeks of seeing the TV, but I'd say four weeks of seeing the shows. We saw um, A New Dawn, Charm City Challenge, two weeks of TV. Death this is why Sunday. we're the A-team. We are the A-team. When it's just us two, then we step up our game. Um, so this week's TV began with a battle of Capoeira versus Redneck Kung Fu as Tadarius Thomas took on Mark Briscoe that saw Mark Briscoe pick up the win with the froggy bow. John, what did you think of this week's opener? It happened. Um, I don't know what else to say. It was a match. It started, it ended, and there was wrestling in between. I can't remember a single thing that happened other than Kevin Kelly constantly saying that this was a battle of Capoeira versus redneck kung fu and i thought it was funny that redneck kung fu in an imaginary an imaginary martial arts discipline beat out a legitimate <laughs> martial arts i just found that pretty funny but this match i don't i don't i honestly can't remember a single thing from it and you watched it yesterday didn't you i watched it yesterday this was the most forgettable match i've seen in quite yeah, a while it was it's the perfect example of tv filler there is no backstory to it there is going to be no follow-up to it it just happened and the problem is, when you have an hour a week of TV, you shouldn't have any filler like this. Everything should work for some, for a larger Purpose. goal. Yeah. Exactly. 
That is a good point that now this has happened, we just literally instantly forget about it and move on, which is disappointing. But that's all there is really to say about this match, to be honest. Um, we then went to a backstage promo where CNC Wrestle Factory said they're going to humble the hooligans and slay the Red Dragon. But Red Dragon cut them off and said they're just going to be another sort of victory for Red Dragon as their reign as champions. Um, don't know what else to say about that segment. Anything you want to add? Carla Roy was uh, douchebag as always. Yeah, I thought it was decent enough. I'm happy that CNC are finally getting more more microphone time, even though everybody's thinking their run as a tag team is coming to an end soon. But I think they should have been given a lot of a lot of promo time leading up for the past six months, especially during the scum feud. I, I think since Caprice Coleman is actually a pretty decent talker that they should have taken advantage of that more. Mm. Uh, after this, we have Adam Cole finally showing up to Ring of Honor TV after Death Before Dishonor, XI-11. Um, he talks about how he's finally won the title and he's not there to shake hands anymore or put any fake smiles on. But he was quickly interrupted by Unbreakable Michael Elgin. And then Adam Cole tried to escape as he tried to sort of back up the ramp. Jay Briscoe appeared behind him. Adam Cole then scurried away but left the championship belt in the ring, which then led Elgin to hold it up in the air in celebration. But Jay Briscoe took it off him. They started sort of bit of tug of war with the belt. Security then rushed out and it instantly went to commercial. Because so, we did not want to see how that played out at all. No, we, we don't care. I don't care what happens, to be honest. We'll just quickly move on. That was very strange, wasn't it? The cut. They did that a couple times during this show. Yeah, it comes up again, actually, later on. It was very odd that as soon as stuff starts happening, just quickly cut off. Which is weird, and, because it kind of feels like they... Because this same thing happened later, which we'll talk about then. Maybe they ran out of time on this show, which to me says, just ditch the first match. And then they would have time to have some sort of brawl between these two. You should have had Cole smirking as if, you know, what we talked about last week, where Cole pulls the strings between Elgin and Briscoe, gets them focusing on on each other as opposed to Cole. So it could have been his plan all along to leave the belt in the ring and let them fight over it. So, so more could have happened here instead of it just being abruptly cut off. I agree that this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this segment. It was good to see Cole come out as champion, but this seems like something that should have happened immediately after the pay per view. Yeah, last week for sure. Um, so then we got to Michael Bennett and Maria taking on Brutal Burgers when we came back from commercial, and for some reason, unexplained, Nigel McGuinness had gained a different accent on commentary when we came back from the, the ad break. I didn't notice this. <laughs> didn't you know, notice how it was Prince Nana on commentary? Oh, it was, it was. He Okay. But it was never explained. It was just... <laughs> Prince Nana was just there. Nigel had disappeared and they just never touched on it. And I was like, what? Where did Nigel go? <laughs> when did Prince Nana... Did Prince Nana take out Nigel? What's going on here? Very strange. Um, so yeah, the Brutal Burgers, considering of Cheeseburger... And Brutal Bob Evans took on Bennett and Maria in a surprisingly fun match, I must say. I did enjoy this. I agree the action in the match was anything special, but it was exactly what it should have been, which was a fun match. 
Mm. Especially at the beginning when Cheeseburger tried to do the shoulder blocks on Maria and kind of knock her down. <laughs> I laughed way too hard at that. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I love but... the segment when Bob was essentially using Cheeseburger as a weapon. <laughs> then hit yeah. that like a double stone cold stunner. It was it was fantastic. It was it's very entertaining and, and they book Cheeseburger in a good way because if you remember Grizzly Redwood, he's a similar sort of size, isn't he, to Cheeseburger compared uh, to a lot yeah. of the wrestlers. But he would beat the crap out of a lot of guys and have really competitive matches, whereas Cheeseburger is, is the, literally the perfect underdog in, in terms of the way he's booked and his appearance. So, Especially yeah, with the way it, the crowd has latched onto him, too. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully they, they don't sort of ruin that, because I think we all got a bit tired of Redwood towards the end, but sporadic matches like this, I think, are a good thing for Cheeseburger, definitely. And this is kind of what Ring of Honor needs, too, fun matches like this, because the company, I'm not sure if you noticed this or not, has a tendency to get too serious from time to time. Just a little bit, just a little bit. So having fun segments and fun matches like this is a nice change of pace. And I wish we kind of got more of stuff like this, to be honest. A little bit of Night of Hoopla carrying on uh, through. If the entire company could just be like Night of Hoopla every show, I wouldn't complain one bit. <laughs> Joe Cuff just sells it to Truth Martini. Exactly. Um, so Bennett and uh, Maria picked up the win with the... Okay. Box- what is the box office smash? It's the sort of the, the, the rock bottom side slam thing. He did the TKO and Kevin Kelly called it the box office smash. <laughs> he did that again. So I so in my report I'm like Kevin Kelly must know, so I call it the box office smash. Now that's a TKO. The the other one is a box office smash. Kevin that's, Kelly that's... still doesn't know the name of the box office smash. And he still doesn't I don't think he knows what the lethal injection is. <laughs> Um, after he won with the uh, box office smash, he did a quick promo talking about how he ended BJ Whitmer's career and how his power driver is the best in the business and he's going to prove it by giving one to Cheeseburger, which then led to Kevin Steen coming out to cut him off, uh, calling Bennett a liar, saying that Steen, he in fact has the best power driver in the business and that he, Bennett was actually crying in the back after breaking Whitmer's neck, which then led to Maria slapping him and a brawl starting between the two with security separating them and just like that instantly went to break again soon as they <laughs> anything started happening straight to break no sort of follow up or uh, very strange it felt too quick basically the cut exactly yeah uh this then brought us to the main event well just before the main event we uh, were, ju- were with Kevin Kelly and Nana on commentary and Steve Carino came out in a very yellow jacket and said that he has a a valid contract that he signed at Border Wars to be colour commentator of Ring of Honor. And Nigel McGuinness then gets in the ring. Steve Carino leaves a contract behind and then leaves. So don't know what's going to happen then. I think we've got a question about that storyline later on. So we'll talk about that then. Is it wrong? That's probably the storyline I'm, I'm most looking forward to seeing play out. It's one of the only few you've got to see play out, to be honest, yeah. Um, well, the ultimate resolution has to be he's commentator, surely. Do you think this leads to a Nigel McGuinness versus Steve Carino match at Final <laughs> Battle? No, I don't think so. That would have made sense during the Scum storyline, but I don't think now. Would you? Do you want to see that? or? I mean, why not? I don't know, because Nigel coming out, if it would be one more match. Uh, like yeah, I doubt it would be against Carino, but maybe he finds somebody who will wrestle in his place. That would that could work, yeah. Um, then we get to our main event, the triple threat tag team match for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. 
as Red Dragon successfully retained against CNC Wrestle Factory and the Forever Hooligans. What do you think of the main event? I thought it was pretty good. It was hard to keep track of. There's a lot going on at all times, which is to be expected from a triple threat tag team match featuring teams like this. But I, I really liked it. I can't remember much of what happened, to be honest with you, because so much did happen. Yeah. And it was just, like I said, hard to keep track of, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I think it was a good frantic match, to be honest, which is, as you say, what you'd expect from a three-way tag match. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It wasn't, I don't think it was as good as last week's main event. I don't think I enjoyed it as, as much as that, but it still was a fun watch, and I'd definitely recommend checking it out, to be honest. I'd, if you, I think we we did this last week where we recommend what would you actually watch from this show. I would say the Brutal Burgers match in the main event is the only things worth sort of seeing from this week's. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yes. So there we go. There, that is the latest Ring of Honor on SBG TV show recapped here on the RH cast. Now we're going to move on to the news, which you can always find on our forum at rohworld.com. Jay Briscoe has been cleared to wrestle now. Uh, he, he posted a tweet that said, boom. So it could also indicate some collusion with Mike Mondo. Oh, interesting. But he, but he has, in fact, been cleared to wrestle. Now, when was he cleared? What, what Earlier was the, this week. Do you have the specific date? The specific date? I do have the specific date, and I'll tell you that specific date here in just a minute. <laughs> But before I do, I have to kill a little bit more time. Okay. If you know so, what I mean. But so, the specific date would, in fact, So Jay be, Briscoe. And in fact, I do not have the specific date because Twitter does not list dates when they're embedded somewhere else. Okay. Well, John's struggling with the date here as the news reporter <laughs> for the RH cast. October 22nd. That is, in fact, four days before the pay-per-view, not five. He is a liar. He said he was adamant five days, and Nigel's like, no, no, you don't know, mate. You don't know. So Nigel's right. That's the moral of the story. I think uh, the real story is the hashtag boom. He he put hashtag boom. I I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Because, you know, boom and hashtag boom are very different things. One of them associated with Mike Mondo. So I actually that... do not think that was a hashtag, but... Still, could be a... Still, he... It could be the forewarning of a future relationship between Risco <laughs> and Mondo. Okay. I think we'll move on from relationship from that, between those two. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, final we'll, match. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll talk about that in the, um, as in what we think he's going to do when we preview Glory Burner after the news. Okay, well, the final match has been added to Glory by Honor 12. Which we'll talk about in the, in the preview. <laughs> So do you want me to not even reveal what the match is? No, I've got to tune in to the preview. Okay, well, well, stick around for like three and a half minutes and we'll reveal what this match is. <laughs> Go more ahead. Matches, this is more matches. segment ever. <laughs> more matches have been announced for Ring of Honor's Cincinnati return November 2nd with the Golden Dream. Yeah. Next Saturday. It is next Saturday. Ring of Honor World Television Champion Matt Taven will defend the belt against Adam Page. Hmm. ACH will take on Davey Richards. BJ Whitmer will make a special appearance. And there will be a pre-show Q&A with Nigel McGuinness. This is in addition 
to the uh, Adam Cole defending the belt against Kevin Steen, a four-corner four corner survival match for a TV title shot at Final Battle with Tommaso Ciampa, Jay Lethal, Michael Bennett, and Mark Briscoe, and the final match of the trial series when Jimmy Jacobs goes one-on-one with Roderick Strong. So that card seems a lot better than the upcoming Glory by Honor card. Yeah, I'm the, I was going to say, am I the only one who's more excited for that than Glory by Honor? But by the sound of that, I'm, I'm not, which is very strange because they're, they're a week apart and they should just swap the show names around. It would kind of solve the problem, but very strange. Um, and you mentioned Glory by Honor 12, which takes place this Saturday, October 26th live in Chicago. Uh, I don't believe it's being aired live on iPay-Per-View unless they announce it two minutes before it starts. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so we're going to run through the card, give our predictions and uh, what we expect from the show overall. So the show... Be- well, the, the first match listed here is singles action as Tommaso Ciampa takes on Jesse Sorensen. And that was what my news was going to be. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta make the listeners tune in for the previews. What do you think of this? Very strange. I haven't seen any of his work, to be honest, in TNA, so I don't know if he's actually good or not. The feedback on the forum is that he isn't, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a single Jesse Sorensen match, but this is his first match in almost a year and a half, or over a year and a half, since he broke his neck in early 2012. So I'm not really sure what to expect from this at all. I think it could be a good story for Ring of Honor if he comes in and tears the house down. But I don't he's, expect that to happen. He's not going to beat Ciampa, is he? No, but if he has a good showing against Ciampa. Mm-hmm. And I hope when Ciampa wins the title, he says the Ciampa is here. <laughs> tell, you know, tell, get Delirious on the line and we'll let him know that he needs to be on a t-shirt or something. Um, predictions, Champa. Champa. Yeah. Um, tag team challenge match. Outlaw Inc. consisting of Homicide and Eddie Kingston take on Adrenaline Rush, ACH, and Tadarius Thomas. What are your thoughts on Outlaw Inc.? I am not a big fan of the characters that they've been building so far. I don't really know where they're trying to go because they can't. Are they supposed to be heels or? And what's with the whole breaking the fingers? I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Eddie Kingston, but this just isn't working for me. No, it's not working for me at all. It was kind of like when they came out, when they debuted in the weird masks and the outfit and the music, that was like a weird way to debut them and quite interesting. But to have that as their characters and gimmicks is quite odd. I completely agree. I don't know. Where they're, I guess this is all leading up to a title match at Final Battle, but <sighs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't think I want to see that either. Like all the matches we talk, we we speculate for Final Battle. I just don't want to see. <laughs> oh dear. Um, predictions for that Outlaw Inc. I think Outlaw Inc. I really wish uh, Adrenaline Rush would get a more prominent role on shows, though, where they'd actually be able to pick up some wins. Yes, they're they're, they're the new C and C. Yeah, so does this match mean if Outlaw Inc. win, they'll get the next title shot since that's what happened to Michael Elgin and Jay Lethal? Surely. that that's Yeah, that has to happen. If Adrenaline and Rush are the stepping stone to win a tag title shot for some reason, then clearly it'll go to 
Outlaw Inc. at Final Battle. Which, Sweet. yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Lethal and Elgin get another shot if they weren't already busy in other matches. Um, okay, so that wraps up that match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, it was just how down we are in Outlaw Inc., which, yeah. Um, we like Adrenaline Rush, though. We like Adrenaline Rush, and I like Eddie Kingston. I just don't like the way they're using Eddie Kingston. Hmm. Jimmy Jacobs trial series match number four as Jimmy Jacobs takes on Adam Page. This should be very good, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the first match I'm looking forward to on the card so far. I think Jimmy Jacobs is going to get the much-needed win here. Mm. But more importantly, I think this is going to help Adam Page a lot. They've been putting him in matches against more experienced wrestlers a lot lately. And Jimmy Jacobs has been around quite a while, so I think being in matches like this will only help Adam Page develop even quicker. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a good showing for Page. You'll learn a lot by wrestling to someone like Jacobs. Um, Jacobs has to win because he's lost two, hasn't he, already in the series? So he needs to actually win these next two to get his job. Um, what is the fifth match in the series? Against Roderick Strong at oh, the Golden Dream. Gotta beat Roderick Strong. Hmm, interesting. Um, so yeah, I think we're in agreement that Jimmy Jacobs will be winning that one. Yep. <laughs> then we get to a grudge match as Mark Briscoe takes on Silas Young. This is uh, coming off of what happened at a new, a new Dawn. A new Dawn, yeah. The one with the Honor Rumble where Briscoe beat Silas and then Silas beat him up after the match and Silas also beat him up during the Honor Rumble, so... I think Silas has to win this and lead to a, a match at final battle between these two. I think so, too. If Silas use, loses here, there's really no use of continuing this feud yeah, at all. There's, there's no follow-on, then, if he loses again. So if he wins here with some sort of dirty tactic, that evens the score as one all. So have a some sort of gimmick match at final battle, I think, to, to wrap this up, which is a good thing for Silas to be feuding against a big player in Ring of Honor. So, yeah. Then we get to a... Oh, wait, did we both predict Silas there? I believe so. <laughs> then we get to a special challenge match as Paul London takes on Roderick the Floater Strong. <laughs> should be a good match. It should be a good match, but what's the point? You say that about most of this card, <laughs> apart from the last match and the Jimmy Jacobs one. I mean, there should be a good match, but... Roderick Strong isn't doing anything. Paul Lund is a part-timer. So what? Roderick Strong has to face all of the part-timers. It's in his contract. It has to be. Anyone gets brought in has to at least face Roderick Strong. At least once. Except Lance Storm. That's true. He escaped it by feuding with Michael Bennett for ages. Um, Who do you think will win? I think Roderick Strong will win. Yeah. I think it has to be the, the floater will get another victory. I think it's going to be a very good match, but I just can't get myself to care about this whatsoever. Mm. Then we have Power Driver versus Power Driver as Kevin Steen takes on Michael Bennett. Great radio, John. <laughs> oh, I, th I was waiting for you to stay with Maria Canellis in his corner. Oh, well, everyone knows that. She's yeah. not always there. When is she not there? I don't know. This has happened. <laughs> what, what's your prediction and what do you expect from this? I honestly don't know. It would make the most sense, I think, from just 
who's in this match for Kevin Steen to win it. But I can see uh, Michael Bennett winning it here. Bennett Bennett has to win to continue this because if Steen just beats him, then there's no follow up. And both of both of these guys need something to do at final battle. But it, what would the final battle match be? Just a normal rematch? I they'd have to put some sort of gimmick on it, I suppose. The first one to hit a pile driver win? <laughs> something silly like that. Pile driver on a pole match? I don't know. <laughs> they can come up with something for them to do. But unless they want to end this, then Steen will win now. But I think Look at the guys Bennett has defeated recently. He's beat both of the Wolves, hasn't he, in singles contests. So, and Cheeseburger and Brutal Bob. So I think next, Kevin Steen, he has to... They're obviously pushing him for some... Uh, leading to something, so I think Bennett has to win this. I think this could be a pretty entertaining match. I don't think the action is going to be all that great, but I think just the personalities involved could carry this to a pretty good match. I- I'm actually looking forward to this more than... I would have been, say, a month ago because of Bennett's recent matches that I've really enjoyed. Uh, a, new, yeah. a new Dawn, a new Hope, whatever it was called, and um, Charm City Challenge. So that's got me more excited for this match than I would have been previously. So I'm looking forward to this. And at least it has some sort of backstory behind it, which a lot of them don't. True, true. Um, then we have the Champions versus All-Stars 8-Man Tag Team Elimination <laughs> Main Event Special 2-Hour Time Limit. As Ring of Honor World Champion Adam Cole, <laughs> World Tag Team Champions Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly, and World TV Champion Matt Taven take on Unbreakable Michael Elgin, Unbeatable Jay Lethal, and the CNT Wrestle Factory, Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Star, if any member of the All-Stars pins the World Champion, they will get a future world title match. Breathe. The we... first thing that stands out to me is that they never closed the parentheses after Red Dragon. <laughs> they don't. That is very true. So that what they're saying is that Red Dragon consists of Fisher, Riley, Taven, Lethal, Elgin, and the Wrestle Factory. <laughs> That's a very, a very strange faction there. That's a um, very odd faction. So silly Ring of Honor typos aside... Have they actually clarified the rules yet? Can people make Adam Cole submit? It just says pin. It just says pin. Well, that's it. That's the rule. You have to pin him. But I don't I think. Really, any... I really hope it comes down to a submission and he taps out. Not a minute, Guinness comes out like, sorry, it clearly stated you have to pin him. <laughs> Cole could use that as a loophole. That would be awesome. If someone does make him tap. And he says, look at the rules. He had to make me pin me to actually get a title shot. That would be awesome if Elgin makes him tap to the cross face or something. So what does Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, or Matt Taven have to gain from this match? Absolutely nothing. If I were them, I'd go in there and immediately tap out and leave. <laughs> well, it's a two-hour time limit. They've got to stick around for a while. That's what I'm terrified of, that they're going to have a long match just for the sake of having a long match. We once had an 80-minute Charlie Haas match. so <laughs> That is true. I, I can't believe that's actually a true statement. Um, <laughs> so this I could see going 90 minutes just to beat that previous record that they set. But why? There's because no they, because there's, no, oh. there's no point in having a match that long for any reason. Oh, I don't... I su- we, maybe we don't have to worry... 
the um, Elgin Cole main event from Death Before Dishonor had a 60 minute time limit, which was heavily stated, and that didn't go long. So, who, who do you think is going to win? What team? I think that this is how Elgin's going to secure his title shot at Final Battle. I think Elgin will pin Cole thanks to Jay Briscoe. Which will then lead to Jay Briscoe on the next show or TV, whatever's coming up, claiming that the only reason Elgin's got a title shot is because of him. Nigel will then make it a triple threat, a final battle. I can see the opposite, that uh, Briscoe doesn't want Elgin to have the title shot, so he screws him out of the title shot. Then who gets the title shot instead? Um, no one? No one. I suppose that is a scenario, but it'd kind of be stupid if no one gets a title shot from this two hours. We're talking about Ring of Honor here. <laughs> so I, I think what honestly could happen is that what you said, Elgin wins the, wins this, and then Jay Briscoe could win Survival of the Fittest to get his title shot at Final Battle. Oh, there's not another tournament coming up, is there? Survival of the Fittest. Is that definitely happening? It's happened every year. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Jay Briscoe winning it. No. Um, <laughs> I hope Jay Lethal pins Adam Cole and he that'd gets be, the match at Final Battle. That'd can be we, awesome. That'd be random we, and awesome. Can we have that instead? Or Cedric Alexander or something? Um, can we have a Bobby Fish pin Adam Cole? <laughs> <laughs> no, if any member of the All Stars wins, pins him, unfortunately, John. The rules clearly state the All Stars. Yeah, I would much rather see Jay Lethal versus Adam Cole. So, it's quite obvious that Elgin will get the title shot. But, go on. I was going to ask you, do you think all but one wrestler will be eliminated from this match? Or do you think... Hmm. Because what if Adam Cole is the first pinned in the match, and then it goes on, and like Bobby Fish is the last man standing? Hmm. This is the thing. Cole can be pinned and someone can get a title shot, but the champions can still win. Because I can't see Bobby, because they've been really been hyping up Bobby Fish as undefeated or, you know, streak He's of unbeatable. not unbeatable. So I, I don't see them, you know, throwing that away in an eight-man tag match like this. He can get disqualified, as you said last week. Oh yeah, I, I already forgot my own logic. <laughs> <laughs> I think the All Stars will win, but Bobby Fish will not be pinned or submitted. He will get himself disqualified or counted out, or something will happen. Some sort of shenanigans. Yeah, I'm just not looking forward to this one bit. So there we go. Get that on the poster. Oh, I'm not looking forward to this <laughs> one bit. ROHworld.com. Um, <laughs> Glory. If you had to rate your excitement for Glory by Honor this year, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not excited, 10 being I wish it was tonight, what would you rate it? 4? 5? I'd give it like a 3. I'm more excited for the Golden Dream, to be honest. Uh, I'm very excited for the Golden Dream. But doesn't that have the same problem? I think we're going to preview that next week. Where Do the matches actually have any backstory? Like a lot of these we were saying don't. But anyway, we'll have to talk, we'll talk about the Golden Dream next week. And we'll also have full results from Glory Biner 12 next week on the show. And we'll have a review whenever it appears on Video On Demand. So that wraps up Glory Biner, which as you can tell, we're... Very excited for it takes place this Saturday. And hey, you know, maybe because we're not excited, it will live because we're not expecting much 
we might enjoy it more than we expect. So as long as it's not a 90 minute main event. Um, so now we're going to move on to the questions and topics that you sent in for the show. There's several ways that you can do this. Um, you can tweet us at ROH underscore world on Twitter. You can go on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ROH world. Or you can go to our forum at rohworld.com. And I'm not going to play the music, John, because you called me out on it last week and said it was stupid. I just found it funny that you introduced yourself and then played music for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we'll start things off with Facebook, where Ken says, uh, this is more of a comment, but I thought it may be worth mentioning. I was watching the WWE 2K14 stream, and they mentioned that the package power driver will be in the game. They also mentioned a suplex into a backstabber, which basically sounds like Roderick Strong's finisher. They also mentioned the Pepsi plunge. Just thought I'd pass that along. So that's good for people who create the Ring of Honor wrestlers in the game to actually have their moves in there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love Roderick Strong's uh, Suplex Backbreaker, so the fact that that's in the game, that's awesome. Um, I don't think we'll ever get a Ring of Honor game, so creating the wrestlers in there is the closest we can get. And to be honest, I've seen people create the, the arena really well, the logos really well. You can always download the wrestlers, so there we go. <laughs> ROH cast sponsored by WWE 2K14 pre-order now for the Ultimate Warrior we should get on the WWE app right now we, know, we should have this podcast streaming on the WWE app <laughs> I was going to say do people need to get the app out to vote for what we talk about or something <laughs> um, James Mitchell is back from last week and he says once again have a show in Beckley West Virginia we, we'll talked try. About, we talked about this last week. We're going to try and do an ROH cast in Beckley, West Virginia, but I can't make any promises we'll be able to do that. If we're ever there, I don't see why not. Yeah, if me and John and maybe Stephen, when he's released, are all in Beckley at the same time, maybe we'll we'll do a show, but don't hold your breath, James. There's no need to ask us every week to, to come to your town. We're not demanding you know, the ROH cast team coming to the host of podcast live. So now we're going to move on to Twitter. Where at Damounty says, Do you think Ring of Honor is doing the right thing by offering video on demand instead of streaming live pay per views? I think this is what they have to do. Yeah. Until they until they maybe do a couple more of the maybe even do video on demand for free, like they did the uh, Brian Danielson CM Punk match last year. Mm. That also failed miserably, if you remember correctly. Yes, yeah. Maybe do that with some of the video on demand. Maybe some of the lower, like the Dearborn show or something like that. And see if they can handle that. Then once they do that, gradually move their way onto iPay-Per-View. But they have, they have to, it will have to be a slow a slow transition to get people's trust back. If they ever can get that trust back. For fans, and I think them business-wise, it would be much better if they could offer live iPay-Per-Views. But they've proven time and time and again they just can't do it properly. So there's no point in them trying and failing and having to give everyone refunds. So... I think sticking to video on demand is all they can really do at this point. Uh, at WA2K1999 on Twitter says, with Jay Briscoe cleared, what role do you see him having in Chicago this Saturday? I've shared you... my thoughts about him helping Elgin pin Cole, but what, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, like you, either he'll get involved in the main event 
or he'll come after, out after the main event and cause some kind of confrontation. Yeah, some sort of promo or brawl will break out. <laughs> a brawl will start and the show will instantly end as soon as they touch each other. Quick, cut the show! No one wants to see this. Uh, now we'll move on to the forum where we have the questions on there. We have one from XHC. It says, greetings again to the A-team from the dirty south of England. I have two questions for you. Firstly, what are the chances that the exiled Stephen will be booked at Final Battle 2013 against Steve Carino, with the stipulation being if Stephen wins, he will be freed from jail and allowed to work on the RH cast again? Ooh. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how the... Uh how the judicial system works over there, but will he be able to get freed from jail for that opportunity? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. For an opportunity like that. That's the storyline everyone wants to see. It would be scum versus scum. Steven well, he, versus he would have to receive the Queen's pardon to travel, wouldn't he? Would the she'll, Queen have to get involved in this? She, yeah, whatever. She'll, she'll approve just to see scum versus scum. <laughs> We're going to have stuffing crutches for undersized manliness versus suffering chaos, ugliness, and mayhem. Steven versus Steven. There's so many ways you can market this. They even have the same initials. Not only do they have the same first name, but they have the same initials. This this writes itself, this match. I think this if they were ever able to put this match on, I would I would buy twenty copies of this show. <laughs> if Steven shows up on a ring on a show, that would be amazing. No one will know who he is apart from like maybe one person in the audience who's like Stuff, Steven, stuff or something. <laughs> Because that was like the biggest like stuffed crotch ever. <laughs> to wrestle Steve Carino. Oh. <laughs> Steve Steve Carino tries to kick him in the balls, it just doesn't work. <laughs> he just like smiles and like shakes his head no and like choke slams him or something. And then wins the match. And then gets his job back on the podcast. His this finishing moves like, his finishing moves like the standard recliner, except he puts his like stuffed crotch over his <laughs> head or something. His finish would be like a Bronco Buster. <laughs> Uh, I like. We're more he, excited for this fantasy match than the real final battle main event. You know how you know how uh, Chris Jericho used to have the loaded elbow pad. <laughs> yes. But he had like the loaded stu- crotch stuff. <laughs> the referees have to inspect the stuffing and make sure there's no nothing in there. <laughs> um, that's, that's, when, that's when you get the Truth Martini involved to take the pants <laughs> off. Um. He continues, secondly, on a slightly more serious note, does the ROH cast think Ring of Honor fans have enough pride in their promotion? One of the old arguments he used to hear knocking Ring of Honor fans was that they were too smug about their product of choice. I'm not sure if this is still the case, but I'm starting to think that people should stand up for Ring of Honor more. What do you think about that? I think that the Ring of Honor fans have kind of become, I'm trying to think of the word, not lackadaisical, but have become less interested in the product since the last two or three years. Mm. A lot of these fans seem, and a lot of this same, I guess, emotion or same feelings that Ring of Honor used to have seems to be coming from PWG and fans of that company now. Because mm. every time I go on Twitter looking for wrestling stuff or YouTube, I always hear about how PWG offers the best wrestling, how PWG does everything better. And now Ring of Honor is kind of like the, an afterthought in independent wrestling. 
and I can't say I really blame them. Ring of Honor hasn't been that great the last couple of years, and when you don't put on a product that people care about, people aren't going to speak highly of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of things have changed, and not only with the, with the Ring of Honor as a company, but also wrestling industry. Like NXT is a one-hour show that I personally kind of enjoy more than Ring of Honor some weeks. So I think that definitely takes away from it. And a lot of the stars have left Ring of Honor and gone to the WWE or NXT, for example. So I definitely think the Ring of Honor fans aren't as perhaps as passionate as they used to be. And there's a lot less people who will just defend it outright, if that makes sense. I I agree. And why? how can NXT do take one hour of television and make it captivating every single week but Ring of Honor struggles to make a combined one hour a month good. <laughs> you know, if you take if you take you know 15 minutes from every episode, I still doubt you'd get a great single show. I, I think it would be a good topic for a podcast one week to do an NXT versus Ring of Honor comparison because they're they're both one hour shows that are mainly match focused. There's not a lot of promos on either. So I think it'd be interesting to do a comparison of the two and see what either show could improve upon from that. But I don't think we have... Do we have the time on this? I, I think we need to prepare something for something like that. So maybe How about next week? week? Episode maybe, 111. We, well, we've got to do the results, maybe. We'll see. At some point, we will do a comparison of the two shows. Um, so I think that answers the question. Uh, I yeah, I don't, remember, I don't remember what the question was at this point. It, it's about Ring of Honor fans being sort of as proud, so we share with the product. Okay, yeah, I believe that we covered pretty much everything we could. He says, thank you in advance for answering my question. And may he add, fuck TNA to the max. That's what he has to say. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, KL underscore says, no questions. Just hello from Poland and may the hoopla be with you. Oh, that was nice. Hello from Florida. Hello from England. Not the dirty south of England like XHC, but... um... (laughs) And then we have Felka Pat, who has a few questions to round up this week's show and I'm hoping we won't end on a negative like we have the past two weeks he says if you play Pokemon what is your favorite Pokemon John I'll go to you first I don't play Pokemon I never have and I don't plan on starting it now nothing against it I just never got into it but I guess my favorite would be Blastoid because that's fun to say I played a lot of red blue yellow and silver or gold when I was a kid haven't played one since until X recently came out, which I've played too much of. So my favorite Pokemon is Squirtle. Which is, is, is the... it Blastoid, the evolved version of Squirtle? Yes, yes, I prefer the... I actually had, there's a photo of me as a kid with a Squirtle watch. Believe it or not. Hopefully that photo won't leak anywhere. Um... <laughs> What's your least favorite Pokemon? I don't know. I hate Jigglypuff. <laughs> with the song. That was the worst. Um, I can't really remember to it. All of them. Hmm. How many Pokemon, if, if if I put you on the spot and ask you how many Pokemon could you name, how many do you think you could name? I don't think the RX Cast Force want to hear me do that. So no, Don't do it. Just, just give me a number. If you Could you name 50? I don't... Maybe just because I've played the game like last week. Yes. If you would have asked me before last week, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He says, he has more questions. 
Have you read any backstage news about Ring of Honor wrestlers or management's opinions on Kevin Kelly? Obviously, they see something in him because he has a job, but I'm having trouble figuring out what it is. That is a good point. We are very vocal with our dislike for Kevin Kelly. I haven't heard anything. Maybe maybe if they don't have anything nice to say, they don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's like the opposite of what we have to <laughs> of our uh, <laughs> of our mantra. Our, yeah. Um I don't know, they must like him. Or maybe it's a matter of best of a bad bunch, they just have no one else to bring in because he is so bad. Earlier this year though, they had Joe Drombrowski. I believe I'm saying his last name right. It's hard to say. Joe Maybe he demands Joe too much Brasky. money or something. You don't know what the scenario is or situation. There must be a reason why they think, oh, we've got to have this Kevin Kelly guy. I I can't think what it is. He's not like he's JR or anything, some well respected commentator, yeah. legendary commentator from elsewhere that oh yeah, he was in WWF for a bit, but I don't really re- remember him being fantastic or anything. So it's not like you'd you have to have him in. You've got to have him just for his name value. I don't, he's not like he's that good. So why should he be kept around? I don't know. I think we've ranted about Kevin Kelly like every week. That's going to be another match, isn't it? Me and you versus Kevin Kelly in a handicap match. Final battle. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be. <laughs> um, he says, where do you think the Steve Carino storyline is going? I think it's going to lead to some kind of match at Final Battle. As we just discussed, against Steven. Yeah, absolutely. Scum versus Scum, we've just talked about this. But in realistic terms, um, I don't think there'll be a match. So I just don't know who you would wrestle. You I think he think, would just come back to commentary? I think there'll be some sort of shenanigans involving... Remember when Kevin Steen had those lawyers? He'll, he'll get Kevin Steen's lawyers? Yeah, he'll get those yes. lawyers. He'll get those lawyers, or Vader Scott, or Hardy Evans, whatever, and he'll work his way back to the commentary booth to join Kevin Kelly, which will make commentary slightly more bearable. And yeah. maybe he can use can... his scum hijinks to permanently mute, mute Kevin Kelly's microphone. He could just cut the cord. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, but, I mean, no, but then Kelly, that's why Kevin Kelly does have tape rings. That that's what I was going to say. That's why, that's why Kevin Kelly has the duct tape. In case anyone cuts the microphone cord, he can just tape it back together. <laughs> um, and our final question is from Felker Pat. He says, Does Ring of Honor need to hype up wrestlers' debuts and returns more? I think having video packages or promos or something could make them more interesting than then just showing up on TV again in reference to Mike Mondo this past week. I think that's a very good point. Well, I mean, if Mondo, if they have long-term plans for Mondo, I think they should. But if it's just random appearances where he's going to lose in three minutes, I don't think it's really that big of a deal to warrant that. But if somebody like Outlaw Inc., they had the they had the thing on their website, but they didn't ever put it on TV. Oh, with the with the clown, and we thought it was Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that should go on TV. I think. Yeah. It would be good to have sort of video packages hyping up the returns of people, especially if they haven't been at the scene for a while, like Mike Mondo. But as you say, if he's just going to be in a squash match against Roderick Strong, there's no point putting the time and effort to make and then spend the time airing such a video. So I think that there are definitely circumstances where they could be used, but I don't think Mondo was one of them because it seems like they don't really have any plans for it. But like Mike, Mike Bennett could have been one, for example, who could have had a video package hyping up his return because he he disappeared for a while, didn't he? At least a month or so. 
Yeah, he was gone for quite a while. So, so that would have been a good scenario, for example, to hype up the return. So there we go. That wraps up all of the questions from the RH cast force. Is uh, that a positive ending? Uh, yeah, I'd say there was nothing that bad there, was there? I guess not. Wow. I don't know how I feel right now. <laughs> I don't know if the RH cast force could hear that, but John appeared to actually turn into a robot during that last question, and you seem, seem to come back to normal now, so that's good. Oh, I turned into a robot? Yeah, I think that there's more cyber attacks by scum going on here. They realized their plans were foiled. Yeah, they had a backup plan. These these guys are smart. Who have they got? Who have they got in this faction? I have no idea. We're going to have to do some investigation well, uh, of the well, locker we, room. We may, may need to discuss this off air. <laughs> I think we need to investigate the locker rooms and see who fits the criteria of stuffing crotches for undersized manliness to see who he could have recruited. Assuming they're from Ring of Honor, of course. Who knows who he could have got in his faction now. So we'll be on the crotch lookout for the next few days? That'll be your job, John. I'll your be job. all over it. <laughs> I bet you will. So... That brings an end to episode 110 of the ROH cast. I do hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, be sure to leave a review on iTunes where you can subscribe for free and the show is delivered to you every week. Um, we're also available on Stitcher. Um, if there's any other podcast platform you want us on, let us know. If we're not on there, we can get that sorted. Um, we're also available every week as a download on ROHworld.com. So, thank John, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we will see you all next week with the results from Glory Burner and we'll preview the Golden Dream.